there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of the Cognitive Canine, and this is called Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a minute before your podcast starts to talk about something very important to me. Black Lives Matter. I, Sarah Strumming, am committed to anti-racism and the companies that I oversee, the Cognitive Canine and CogDog Radio, are also committed to anti-racism. I recognize my privilege here and I recognize that I have a platform where I can use my voice and I intend to do so in such a way that combats systemic racism because it absolutely affects the field of dog training and it's time that everybody with a platform uses it for good. I'm gonna link a list of resources for ways that you can support black, indigenous, and people of color and also just some educational resources that I've found helpful in my anti-racism journey And I hope that we can all stand together to dismantle racism in dog training and therefore in the world. Cheers. Hey guys, I'm doing a new program that I'm calling Wednesday Night Chats. This is a Facebook Live that'll be happening every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific on my business page, which is on Facebook. It is facebook.com slash thecognitivecanine. I hope that you'll join me over there. We're going to be talking about basically all things what to do with dogs in a pandemic. How do we prepare our dogs for when our lives go back to normal? How do we socialize puppies right now? And if we can't get out to do a decompression walk, what are we supposed to do? So join me over there. It's a free program, but I am accepting donations for it. All the details will be included each week. So that's facebook.com slash the cognitive canine Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. See you there. Hi, friends. I've got something different for you today. I was recently acquainted with an organization that I wanted to talk about called Good Dog. It's essentially a source for average people to find and connect with responsible dog breeders, which is so important. And so today I have Kat Matlube and Dr. Judy Stella from Good Dog. And Kat is the head of community partnerships and legal affairs at Good Dog. Kat, will you say hello so that listeners recognize your voice? Yes. Hi. And thank you so much for having us here today, Sarah. We're super excited to be on. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kat. I'm happy I'm happy to have you. And Dr. Judy Stella is head of health standards and research at Good Dog. Judy, will you also say hello for the listeners? Hi, everyone. We're really excited to be here, like Kat said, um, and thanks for the invitation. So, Kat, what is Good Dog? Tell us about it. Great question. (laughs) Um, So, Good Dog is a website. Um, We are a a new organization. We were built um, with a mission to build a, a better world for our dogs. We're an online platform, a secure community where you can go um, if you're looking for a dog or if you're thinking about looking for a dog. Um, you can go to our site and read some education about, you know, am I ready for getting a dog? What does that mean? Um, and then if you decide you are, you can find the right match for you. You can explore um, 
breeders, dog breeders on our site that are vetted. Um, they go through our screening process and are certified as good breeders. Um, we also have some shelters and rescues on our platform as well. So you can connect with the right source for you to find the right dog for you. That's really exciting. Um, Kat, why, why is this platform so necessary? Yeah, aren't there dogs? I'm, I mean, aren't there dogs everywhere? <laughs> In a way, yes, there are. Um, so we we created Good Dog because um, the co-founders Josh and Lauren and myself and goodness knows how many people we know in our personal lives and have seen, you know, really, really struggle to get a dog. As you said, there are so many dogs. So many people want dogs. There's such a great demand for that. Um, but the problem is, you know, it is so difficult for people who want to get a dog in the right way and, and want to support, you know, a source with responsible practices. It is so difficult to identify those good sources. It's so difficult to understand what that means. Um, we personally, when we came time for us, you know, all separately to look for getting a dog, um, we found it really, really difficult to navigate the online community. Um, the online dog world is incredibly overrun with scams. Um, it's just horrific, the numbers that we see. And, you know, there's everything from misleading information to, you know, disreputable sources um, to just outright scams. Um, and there was also kind of, we found it really difficult to identify, you know, objective science-based information answers to our questions. There's a lot of noise out there, a lot of kind of division. And so we decided, you know, it shouldn't be this hard for people to do the right thing. Um, and the joy and love and companionship of a dog is something that we all deserve to have. So we set out to make it easier to get a dog in the right way and figure out how to do that. Um, we learned an enormous amount about the dog world when we started digging into it, if you'll f forgive the pun. Um, we, we learned <laughs> that a lot of what we thought we knew was completely wrong. We learned that actually there's been an enormous success with getting dogs out of shelters and rescues and just really amazing decrease in numbers there. We learned that, you know, the superheroes of the dog world are the dog breeders. And there are a lot of just absolutely incredibly dog breeders, incredible dog breeders out there who work so hard and sacrifice so much and invest so much in their dogs, um, really just, you know, prioritizing their health and, you know, giving that joy and love to others and producing amazing physically and emotionally sound dogs that society benefits from. And we saw that a lot of what's happening with overreaching legislation and kind of misinformation is the good forces in the dog world are actually being attacked and pushed out. And, you know, what we should all be working towards is coming together, having standards around good practices, having a community committed to responsible breeding practices, as well as responsible dog ownership, and working towards a world where everyone is lucky enough to get a dog from a dog breeder because the shelters and rescues are empty. Um, so we're really on a mission to kind of educate um, and support dog breeders, help provide education to dog breeders as well, and then connect, connect good forces with good. I love it. Um, I love, you know, kind of saying that the superheroes are the breeders. I think that there's a lot of superheroes in dogs. I think that the unsung superhero is probably the really well excellent breeder. <laughs> well You're right about that. <laughs> 
So, you know, like we all, I hope we all like hold veterinarians in high regard. I certainly do. And, you know, trainers and there's so many great people doing great things in dogs, as well as rescue workers and people really pounding the ground in shelters. But the good breeder is the the vilified person, right? Not only unsung, unsung, but vilified. And I come, I'm I'm an attorney. I I look at it from a legal perspective. And when I came into the dog world, I think it was the injustice of it that I just couldn't believe. And also the fact that it was so kind of that treatment was actually, I realized, so detrimental to puppy buyers and to the general public and kind of harming ourselves and our dogs in that way. But you're 100% right. My goodness, there are a lot of superheroes in the dog world. (laughs) So how, Kat, I'll let you continue. How do you guys find these great breeders to be on the site? Because I cruised through gooddog.com. I checked it all out um, and was pretty amazed, actually, at the number of breeders that you guys already have listed. Awesome. So where do they come from? Yeah, um, they come from all across the country. We, what's pretty cool about Good Dog and what our co-founders, you know, their expertise is is in technology. Um, and so what they saw was the opportunity to empower the good forces in the dog world with technology and to use it as a way to connect the good forces, to add transparency, to add accountability, to add recognition where um, it's deserved and all of these things. So we have a number of different kind of outreach efforts where we can, you know, identify um, breeders with uh, potentially, you know, responsible breeding practices. We also are hugely fortunate that we have a lot of breeders coming to us um, to sign up for us. They apply to join our community. Um, And it's really, I think we view it as community-wide efforts. The only way that we'll build a better world for our dogs to be able to is if we do it as a community and together. So we've taken a very kind of grassroots approach to building our community. I think the first year I was with Good Dog before, you know, we launched a website. Um, I spent the year just on the phone speaking to breeders, reaching them, calling out their, you know, so willing to share and educate and just, you know, getting to know them and and how we can do this together. So it's a lot of community efforts. You know, one breeder joins on and and loves it and says, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe there's, you know, some uh, organization out here giving me the support and doing all this and helping me and and doing it for free because we don't let breeders pay. I think that's an interesting, a really purposeful decision we made that not only are there breeders who are investing a lot in their dogs, we want to encourage to make those financial investments and to make more. And it's in our best interest and the dog's best interest to actually support them to make greater investments in their programs. But also I think the ability to pay, to join or to be on kind of can, you know, mess with incentives. So breeders just have to go through our application process, pass our screening and comply with our standards. Um, so I think that's a, a pretty nice way as well to, to grow our community in an in a organic way. And-, and I didn't actually realize um, that it wasn't a paid service for breeders, which is great. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, and you actually speak to, I was stunned when I found this out, you act, your team, the team at Good Dog actually speaks to every single breeder on the phone. 
What does Many that phone times. call look like? <laughs> I mean, that is stunning to me. So, what does that phone call? What does that phone call look like? What does that entail? Judy, do you want to? Do you want to? Judy, do you want to dive in on that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we do have a pretty, um, we think, pretty in-depth screening process. Um, it starts when the breeders sign up. They um, fill out a questionnaire, give some basic information about their program, and then once that questionnaire uh, gets to our team, they will call each of those breeders and continue that conversation and, um, you know, get a little more information and, and ask questions to find out even more about their program. Um, and things that we look for with screening in our screening process, we look at several aspects. Um, one is breeding practices. So we ask about, you know, breeding ages, what is the minimum age and the maximum age that you will breed your dogs, how many litters in a lifetime, things like that. And then we look at um, the mental or the emotional health of the dogs. So what do we do for enrichment and how are we um, training the dogs and handling the dogs? And what kind of um, interactions and, and the amount of time that they get to spend with their people? Um, where do they live? We look at their environments. So are they, you know, in a kennel part time? Are they, um, do they have, you know, fenced in yards to run around in? Are they, um, you know, living in the home? How much time do they spend out and about in the house? Um, and then we look at um, health. So we look at not only how we screen um, the parent stock to make sure that they are free of heritable conditions, but also what sorts of preventative care do they provide to the parents as well as to the puppies. And then finally, we look at um uh, their practices towards their buyers. So what kind of contract do they have? What kind of health guarantee do they do the breeders um, provide for the puppy buyers? And then do they support the puppies and the buyers throughout the lifetime of the dog? Do they always take them back to make sure that they don't get um, placed in shelters if for some reason the buyer can't keep the dog? Um, and so, yeah, so we ask all of those things and we do have minimum requirements. And um, after that, uh, if they meet the requirements, then they um, get uh, their profile and get put on um, Good Dog as a good breeder. And Judy, I'm going to have you continue. Um, I'm sorry, Kat, did you have something to add to that? I was just going to say, and that's in terms of, you know, your, your question about speaking to breeders, that's just kind of the beginning of our relationship with them. And then we really, you know, we really develop personal relationships with our community. We have a lot of, um, you know, webinars, in-person events when it's not COVID uh, and webinars and texts and calls and virtual meetups. And, and we do a lot to kind of stay as connected with them as we can. So. Yeah, it's really a community. It's not a, exactly. it, yeah. yeah, it's not like a yellow pages kind of listing situation. <laughs> yeah. It's a community of breeders. Yeah. So Judy, one of the coolest things about Good Dog to me is the tiers of health testing that the breeders do. So you actually have the breeders, you know, kind of divided into three categories um, as far as health test, the health testing they do on their stock. So Judy, what are the tiers? How how did you figure? How did you decide? You have so many breeds. How did you decide what health tests make them great versus good? I mean, just talk about this. This had to be such a process. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an ongoing process. Um, we um, we can we consider it a living project, so it's constantly um, evolving and changing. Um, we really rely on science and evidence 
to make these decisions. So we are trying to really make evidence-based decisions and help the breeders do that and buyers as well and sort through all of that information. So yeah, as part of our screening process, like I said, we we really focus on health. Obviously we need, we want healthy dogs. Um, and so what we did was we went through, um, <laughs> we looked at all of the evidence. We started with the chick levels for people that are um, mm-hmm. familiar with those. The breed clubs will set standards for what they think are the most um important diseases to screen their breeding stock for. So we started with those. And then we did a review of the scientific literature. We looked at um, the statistics that are posted both from OFA as well as genetic um, testing companies. We gathered all that information together and then we developed the levels. And so we have three levels. We have excellent, great, and good. Uh, Good is our entry level. Those are our minimum requirements. And that is what would be considered what we think are the most severe and common, the most prevalent and severe conditions in that breed. So if, for instance, a dog, uh, a, a particular breed may have, you know, eye problems, um, hip dysplasia and, um, you know, a genetic, con- a rare genetic condition, we would say that hip dysplasia in 20, you know, that affects 20% of the dogs, that would be the most significant um uh, welfare consideration because it causes pain, you know, it's really expensive treatment. Um, we would consider that the most uh, severe condition and every single dog on the platform would need to be screened for that. Um, and then we increase from there. So our excellent level goes above and beyond. It would be beyond our chick requirements in most cases. So every single condition that has been identified in that breed that the breeders would be screening for. Um, and in some cases that includes even ongoing research um, that is being conducted in, uh, you know, universities, Penjen, um, University of Minnesota, Michigan, um, UC Davis, they do a lot of research with breeders. Um, and so if the breeders are involved in that, we'll also take that into consideration. Um, and then the goal, the overall goal is to, is to support all of the breeders um, with all of the resources that they need so that they can all go from good to great to excellent. Because obviously we want everybody to be screening for everything. So in order to do that, we provide them with a lot of education. We talk to them. We, um, you know, explain what the tests are, why they're important. Uh, and then we also have um, community discounts for our community from some of the genetic companies that we um partner with as well as just, you know, discounts for, for OFA testing and things like that. Yeah. I love it. When I was kind of browsing, I was obviously looking at the two breeds that I have in my house, which are border collies and Australian shepherds. Um, and certainly it's, it's one of those things that I think people in the, you know, quote unquote dog people like myself don't actually have a super hard time finding breeders that would qualify as excellent. It's just that the general public really does have a hard time and really probably doesn't even know that any of that exists. And so you've done that work for them, which I think is really amazing. Yeah. And that, that is part of it. Cause we do want to, you know, educate the public and help them make informed decisions as well. So, you know, they might not, it might not be um, as important to them to ensure that the dogs have eye clearances if they're not going to, you know, hunt them or, or do things like that. But, you know, hip dysplasia may be something that's super important to them. So they can make those informed decisions um, and, and understand the risk associated with it. Um, so yeah, we do try to talk to the, to the buyers and, and do all that work for them is exactly right. And then even just explaining the conditions, I mean, it's really hard to understand all the different genetic 
diseases and conditions that we have now identified, um, as well as just, you know, the phenotypic things like why, why do we screen for hip dysplasia when there is this environmental component? And so we are developing even more materials to help, um, you know, explain all that information to people. Yeah. And as a a former, former member of the general public now, now member of the dog (laughs) world, you know, I can attest to, it's not only, you know, not being able to find or identify those breeders, but it's a complete, I had a complete lack of understanding as to why the source of a dog was so important and why that mattered so much and how, you know, I, I personally could pay the price both financially and emotionally and the dog, and it could be, you know, also bad for generations of dogs to come without fully understanding that. So to Judy's point, I think it's, you know, helping people, you know, understand why these different things matter. So then they can make an informed choice for them based on their own preferences and their own lifestyle and and what's right for them. Um, Because the one other problem with the breeders, the excellent breeders, is they do, in terms of, you know, the number of puppies that they're kind of bringing out into this world, it's also not enough for the, the, you know, the demand that we see from puppy buyers in America. So that's why I think it's so, we've taken, to your point, this approach of kind of trying to bring together as big of a community as we can. And, you know, we don't turn anyone, we don't, we don't reject anyone from our community. It's, you know, here are the, you, you don't you may not meet our standards currently, but here are the steps you can take to get there. Here are the changes you can make to your program. And this is why it's important so that we can have a large enough community um, to help people get a dog and then simultaneously be working to improve the standards in the community overall, as we always hope to be, you know, always improving. Um, So, yeah, I actually want to point out one thing, which I think is, again, really important. We in the dog world, I think, can sometimes get snobby about where people got their dog from and can be a little bit, you know, on our high horse about, well, I get my dogs from excellent breeders, right? When there truly are blockades between the general public and those excellent breeders. Mm -hmm. And you guys are looking to break that down and basically increase the supply to meet the demand. Cause you're absolutely right. The reason that there are poor practices is because there's a supply issue. Mm-hmm. And and lack of education. You guys are really working um, on that, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. So, Judy, you know my primary interest is in behavior, and Good Dog has some plans in the works for kind of furthering the behavior screening because it's a little bit more, I think, complex than um, you know for hip and elbow dysplasia, we've got OFA, right? But we don't have something like that for propensity for separation anxiety, for instance. So. You guys are looking to include more behavior qualifications. Judy, can you talk about what you guys offer now as far in regards to behavioral health and kind of what the future looks like? Yeah, yeah, I agree. My behavior is my um, area of interest as well. I mean, I, I enjoy the health aspects too, but that's that's my training. So I, I'm looking forward to digging into this a little bit more. Um, right now, what we look at is we, look, we do ask about, you know, um, socialization practices and training and, you know, different types of activities that the dogs are involved in. Um, But we don't really quantify it as well as I would like to. Um, So moving forward, things that we want to look at is, is temperament testing. Um, 
I know that temperament testing is not uh, as predictive as we would like it to be, but for some things like fear and aggression, um, you know, we know that there is a large heritable component. And so obviously we want to try to, um, you know, at least identify it in our breeding stock and, and try to minimize that to the extent possible. So we're looking at temperament testing for adults, um, for the breeding stock, as well as for puppies. Um, the, the important thing for puppies when you do those types of tests is not really, um, again, there's a lot of environmental factors that will um, impact how the puppy um what their temperament is and their personality as they mature. But there are certain aspects like boldness or um, shyness and, and those types of um, behaviors that you can sort of identify early in puppies and then make sure that they get placed in a suitable home. You don't want to put a shy sort of anxious puppy into a home with a bunch of rambunctious, you know, bullies. Um, so, so those types of things. So we are looking for people to start the breeders to start doing that a little bit. Um, another thing that we want to do is differentiate um, socialization programs. So formal programs um, like Avidog, we do work with Gail Watkins of Avidog, um, who has an amazing socialization program for breeders. Um, we want to recognize breeders that are doing those types of formal programs um, and then differentiate that from really thoughtful written plans um, versus those, you know, people that are just raising puppies in their homes and exposing them to, to home life, but not really as thoughtful or um, formal as it could be. Um, and then training is another area that I'm really interested in. Like, how do we train our dogs? Um, it will impact their behavior uh, and, and even how they develop. So positive-based training versus punishment-based, um, as well as sports and activities and how that all plays into how dogs' behavior and, and temperament uh, develops. And then finally, another area that we're looking at is fitness. Um, and I know that doesn't really seem like it should go with behavior, but it kind of does. <laughs> um, and we have a partnership with Chris Zink that we just um, formalized as well. And she has these fitness programs for puppies and adults. And fitness is tied to both is tied to mental and emotional health as well. Um, you know, there's a release of endorphins. It decreases injuries and chronic and pain associated with chronic conditions if the dogs are fit. And so we want to look into that as well and start um, differentiating and, um, you know, uh, identifying programs that are incorporating these types of activities into, into their breeding. Um, and, you know, we just started with this, the first thing that we, um, the first area or first educational opportunity that we, we provided around these is, um, our summer of socialization that we launched this year, um, or this summer with Gail and Abadog. And it is, um, you know, for puppy buyers and for breeders and the breeders that start that take the course and incorporate it into their programs will, um, get a little designation on their profiles that they did do this training. Excellent. It's, it's really important. And I'm actually really glad that you mentioned the fitness. It's something that I talk about on the podcast all the time. Um, my partner is a sports medicine veterinarian. So it's something that is, definitely majorly important in my house and I see it mm -hmm. absolutely have an effect on the mental health of yep. the dog that I have. So that's, that's really innovative to have that involved um, as well. So Kat, we'll bounce back over to you and talk about the fact that I know breeder education is important to you guys. And it's kind of, it's a huge component actually of good dogs. So talk about that a little bit. Where's the education sitting right now? Where does it plan? Where do you guys plan to go with it in the future? Yeah, it's a great question. And, 
you know, I think what's so exciting is we really are just at the beginning of our journey. Um, so we've built out a good breeder resource center that has, you know, everything from webinars from, you know, world renowned um, reproductive specialists like Dr. Hutchison covering critical breeding practices issues like, you know, the kind of importance of um, back-to-back breedings versus used to be skipping a heat, which is just an example, one example of how breeding practices are constantly changing and evolving and best practices are constantly evolving and changing based on new research. And so what we are really on a mission to do is to get that information, that education out into the hands of dog breeders. So we sponsor webinars like that and make them free and available to every dog breeder, even if they're not in our community. Um, We also have a podcast that provides education for breeders and also for puppy buyers and different sorts of, you know, key topics around canine health and, and responsible dog ownership. And on that podcast, The Good Dog Pod, we have experts like Dr. Marty Greer, who is um, the veterinary director at Revival Animal Health, as well as uh, so many other kind of board roles and, and on the board of NAIA and on a lot of different things. We have her come on and talk about, you know, the importance of kind of the health of a bitch when you're getting them pregnant and how to make sure you're um, giving them the nutrients they need. Myra Savant Harris, another expert. So we really, in different mediums, um, whether it's articles or webinars or courses, and that I think is something that we're really starting to build out much more um, through Good Dog University, which is going to, you know, have more and more of that coursework as in partnership with Avid Dog. Um, and again, comes back to this notion of, you know, getting the education out into the breeder's hands because they, it's in their best interest to have healthy dogs, right? They they want to have dogs that are going to live longer, have healthy litters, have healthy puppies. They don't want to have puppies that are going to have problems and then they have to, you know, deal with that. It doesn't, that's not good for anybody. So if we can get the information out there and, and help them access things like specialists, we have resources for them, discounts on health testing through our partners, embarking, Embark Genetics, Paw Print Genetics, um, different things that we offer. And that all comes back to, you know, establishing best practices together, constantly working to improve them and recognizing that this is complicated. I mean, there are so many, canine health is just, there are so many different areas of expertise that, you know, canine genetics, I mean, the average person, that is not something you can easily sort of navigate. So our mission is really, you know, bringing together these experts and helping people, helping breeders have the support um, to continue improving and to understand, you know, why it's so important to do so as well. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. Judy, do you have anything to add on the education front? No, just that we're really excited um, with our, our summer of socialization actually was really, really well received. And we're super excited to build on that and, and add to it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, there's nowhere. We have so much to do. <laughs> so much to do. And what's, what's awesome about the summer of socialization as well is it's actually education for both courses for both breeders and buyers. Um, so the breeders, there's courses for the breeders to, you know, socialize their puppies from, you know, day one till, you know, eight weeks when they go to their new homes. And then there's education and courses included in that for the puppy buyers, because a big part of what we're trying to do is ensure that forever match, that it's going to be an awesome, 
you know, family dog fit and set up the relationship for success, keep dogs from being abandoned, keep them out of shelters. Um, so I think being able to help with that, you know, education and connection and, and all of, and that support on both sides um, is really key as well. Excellent. So Judy, um, talk to me about the fact that this is not the gooddog.com doesn't only list breeders, right? So good dog also is, is interested in being involved with shelters and rescues. So that was one thing that I wasn't aware of when I went to check you guys out. And I am really excited that um, you're extending the resources to shelters and rescues because while major efforts have been very successful in reducing the number of those animals. Those animals do still exist. And there are going to be people who still have that preference of getting an animal from that source. So Judy, tell me about that side of things at Good Dog. Yeah, so we do we do list shelters and rescues. um, And we do have um, and we do we will help them and and help um, promote them and and get the, you know, the word out and help them adopt out the dogs. Um, It is an an area that we have um, focused on as much to date. It is in the future. We really want to build that out um, a lot. And to your point, you know, there's always going to be preferences. I mean, we, we want to be a place where people can go to find a dog that fits their lifestyle and their preferences, whatever that is. If it's a specific breed, if it's a crossbreed, if it's a Um, if it's a rescue dog, if it's an older dog, if it's a puppy, we want to make sure that people find the best match for them so that the dogs do stay in their homes. Um, So that is something that we really are working on in the future um, because we want to do, we want to do one thing as, as best as we possibly can and then move on to the next thing. Um, I think Kat can speak more to how we're going to do that with the technology, because that is something that we want to build out as well to help them with technology and getting the word out and record keeping and any kind of research and things like that that we want to do. Um, but yes, shelters are welcome to uh, come to Good Dog and we will we will partner with them as well. Kat, do you want to talk a little bit more about the building resources? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think it, it, it I'll, I'll say it, it should go without saying, but I'll say it, there are obviously an enormous number of superheroes in the shelter rescue world as well. And we are so excited to be able, um, when we're able to really turn our focus and our energies and give, you know, that side of things our kind of complete attention. Um, I think we're hoping that that is going to be pretty soon. We, we move quickly, but we do, you know, like Judy said, we want to make sure we have our kind of breeder community established and then really, really dive into things. And we've been working, doing kind of, you know, similar to what we did on the breeder side, doing a lot of research and making a lot of connections, work talking with and working with a lot of shelters and rescues to kind of get a sense for how we are, I think, very excited to be able to hopefully help them again by empowering them with technology. So, you know, everything from super easy to use, automated, you know, um, adoption applications that can really uh, sort of save shelters and rescues enormous amounts of manpower time by just increasing the efficiency and doing automation. Um, Also sort of the connectivity 
with respect to information, sharing of real-time information. We are so lucky to have some of the kind of best startup tech experts that are out there and in terms of software engineers. And so we've, you know, looked at some of the resources and tools that are out there currently. And we think we're very, very excited about what we are going to be able to build on that side of things to support shelters and rescues. Um, and so that that is on very much so on the horizon for us. And I think absolutely people will want to, and we love, you know, applaud and encourage folks to, you know, um, get a dog from a shelter or rescue if that's the right thing for them. And I think that's the whole point behind Good Dog is we want to centralize it. We want to make it easier because before the divisions of whether it was kind of adopt, don't shop, or, you know, people feeling like, pressured into choosing one path or another without actually first, you know, getting informed and thinking about it and making the right decision for them. Um, that's really what we want to support. So it's about getting the information out there into the hands of a potential dog owner so that they can make the right decision for them, whether that's a dog from a breeder or a shelter or rescue, or maybe they realize after getting educated that actually they don't have the time for the dog or they don't have a space for them and they're going to put it off. Whatever is kind of the right thing for them is, is what we hope um, to support folks doing. Excellent. I, I think it's really exciting. And I love just that it's the overall mission of education and um, helping people, helping people who want a dog to obtain a dog in a way that is ethical and is going to basically provide them with a family member that lives for the next, you know, good amount of years, hopefully free of, you know, major behavior and health issues. Um, I think, and you said something that I have been wanting to make sure people are aware of, which is that the breeders at Good Dog, there's no requirement for them to be breeding what we think of as a purebred. And I'm actually really excited that you guys are offering a platform to all breeders, whether it's golden doodle breeders or, you know, Maltese breeders, right? So we've got, because truthfully, the public wants those dogs. I mean, the doodles are, it is like it, the doodle nation right now. Everybody, <laughs> that is the dog. That is the iconic pet dog of people right now is this kind of shaggy faced um, retriever poodle cross. And I think that supporting that rather than fighting it is really, really important. And too, for too long in the purebred dog world, we've just been fighting it. And it's time to it's time to just say no more. We're not going to fight it anymore. Let's help build these breeders up with education so that the public gets what they want. And also the dogs are of good quality. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of I think the divisions have contributed from the public's you know, perspective of the inability and the confusion around what's good and what they should be looking for. And so I think what our focus and what we're trying to do is bring the community together around their shared passion and love for dogs and healthy dogs and make it about is it a responsible, is it, it, does that breeding program have responsible practices? And this is what those are as defined by science rather than whether that's a purebred or a crossbreed, right? It's not just because right. there are there are purebred breeders out there that are not engaging in responsible practices. And I think 
that's a really interesting conversation to have also with purebred breeders who are uncomfortable with the crossbreds. You know, at a certain point, it needs to be, we need to look at the practices and the health and the welfare of the dogs and the physical and emotional soundness. And when that's what you focus on and you make it be science and research and health-based, it allows for, I think, a coming together of a shared value and shared commitments that some of these breeders didn't even know they had with, you know, doodle breeders that, oh, wow, they're also engaged in avid dog. They're, you know, spending an enormous amount of money to engage in social, like socialization, every test they can find, genetic tests, pure bait, like they're doing, putting everything into these dogs. And, you know, I think it's been really an awesome, awesome thing to see just even the beginnings of the community coming together and the power that that holds and the power for progress and for things like, you know, quality and standards and accountability and transparency and everyone coming together around that has just been awesome. And and I think as well in terms of, you know, breeders and pet shelter rescues, having them on the same site, I think as well, it's part of this recognition that in order to make a change and in order to kind of make things better, the good forces really do need to come together and to recognize our commonalities and our shared missions. Um, so it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's just, it's just, you know, just the beginning of, I think so much of what we, what we hope to do with, you know, and, you know, even just working with and speaking with experts like you and talking about these critical issues and getting this out there. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's so, so, so important for the future of our dogs. Yeah, I think, I think for sure. So Judy, anything else that you'd like to add? Nope. I think Kat summed it up and I, and I a hundred percent agree. I think we need to focus on the dog and make sure that they are getting what they need and being produced in a, in the best way possible to ensure their welfare. And again, just matching expectations, right? And so that people really understand what they're getting when they get a dog, whether it's a, you know, a crossbred or an adult from a shelter, they're going to come with different challenges, right? And we just need to recognize that and make sure that it's a good match and that that they're, you know, that they know, everyone knows what they're getting into so that those dogs stay in those homes and have the best life possible. So, yeah. Excellent. I am going to be linking a lot of information for everybody, but um, Kat, do you want to tell them where to go to find out more? Absolutely. So I know it can be scary out there and confusing. You know, in August 2018, I decided not to get a dog because I, you know, or 2017 decided not to get a dog because I couldn't find one, put it off. um, And now hopefully good dog provides a place for folks like like me folks looking for a dog so www.gooddog.com is where you can go um we are a free website to visit get educated connect with responsible sources um if you do end up getting a dog decide you want to get a dog through us you can actually connect directly you know with a certified good breeder you can pay securely um through our platform which actually means that we give you a hundred percent payment protection and peace of mind and stand behind our breeders also stand behind our buyers so you, you never have to completely takes out you know the the fear of a scam um so yeah I encourage you to come to gooddog.com and and get educated and connect with the right match for you i love it judy any last thoughts to add 
I don't think so. I think that sums it up. Thank you so much for um, inviting us here and letting us have this conversation. Well, thanks. I really appreciate both of you ladies um, taking some time to tell us all about Good Dog. I'm really excited to watch it grow and I'm excited to point people to the site. I mean, I've already, (laughs) when we first connected, I said, I actually told somebody about Good Dog the other day because, you know, it's a pretty, pretty normal thing in my world for someone to say, Hey, I want a, you know, fill in the blank. I have an ease. Where do I get one? And for me to say, I don't even, I don't know any Havanese people. Um, (laughs) I don't know how to help you. But now um, I, I point them your direction and it's, it's really exciting for me to be able to have that resource. So I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about it with us um, very, very much. And I hope everybody will go and check out Good Dog. Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words. And Sarah, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for our dogs and the people who love them. We're huge fans. So yeah, very honored to be here um, and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in the podcast app of your choice. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, being a part of the Cogdog Radio community, and getting access to all kinds of extras, head over to patreon.com slash cogdogradio to become a patron. 